Okay, guys, we are we are back in Romans chapter 10, so uh, uh, grab your Bibles and take a look. Um, we're in this um, uh, very significant portion, and we're going to spend three more weeks on this little section right here, and then we'll, we'll mop up the last four verses in the last two weeks of May, and we'll be done with Romans chapter 10. But... Um, we are, I'm going to start reading in verse 15 and I'm going to read through 17 and we'll try to cover some stuff in 16 and 17 tonight. And how then are they to preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, guys, um, <clears throat> let's see if we can organize this. Verses 14, I have a, I have a brilliant, just a brilliant um, illustra- uh, uh, diagram for you tonight. It is very intricate and very hard to follow. Uh, it, is, it is this and it is this. Now, that is a work of art, is it not? Verse 14 and 15 have to do with what we're going to call just a universal call of the gospel, all right? Um, now, that, this is a wicked, wicked device. How am I supposed to draw it again? <laughs> you can't trick Big Jim. Um, okay, uh, there is a universal call of the gospel. That is that the gospel is proclaimed to every man, or at least the, 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 the Great Commission is that we are to proclaim it to every man. Okay, that's, that's what's covered in verses 14 and 15. There, there is, however, what we will call an effectual call that's discussed in verses 16 and 17. And, and I'm going to explain that some more as the night uh, proceeds. But um, basically, that's what we're going to discuss tonight, this little little diagram here. Now, guys, I know you're not going to remember this, but when we started Chapter 10 back in September, I said to you then that um, uh, Chapter 10 is a commentary on verses 31 and 32 of Chapter 9. I want to read you those. But that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching the law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. But as if it were based on works, they have stumbled over the stumbling stone. Paul there is describing Judaism and her, and her, her failure to grasp the, uh, the claims of the gospel. <clears throat> Now, here that same theme is again. We're back at it again where Paul says in the beginning of verse 16 that there is a, we're reminded of Israel's rejection of the gospel. In verse 16, look at it. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Now, the the first thing that I want you to notice about that, guys, is that... um, that fact of Israel's rejection of the gospel shouldn't surprise us. It has been prophesied, or it was prophesied by Isaiah. This, um, this last half of verse 16 is another quote 
from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1, we see again the important role that the Old Testament plays in the teaching of Paul. But he has just quoted Isaiah 52, verse 7, in verse 15. Now the same Isaiah, only a few... Isaiah 52, 7, only a few verses later in Isaiah 53, 1, this same Isaiah wonders why so few believe the proclamation of the gospel. But gang, that shouldn't surprise you. Such has always been the case in Israel. Paul groans over that fact. Romans 9 began with Paul groaning Um, But he's not surprised, but he's groaning over the sake of his countrymen who have in large measure, that's what 9, 31, and 32 say, um, in in large measure his countrymen have not responded positively and favorably to the gospel. Now, uh, take a look at verse 17 real quick. We're going to come back. But verse 17 is really an exposition of verse 16. But they have not all believed the gospel, for Isaiah said about them, Lord, who has believed what what he has heard from us? So then, verse 17 comes to explain verse 16. Okay, then, if there are so few in Israel that have embraced the gospel, what is it that has made the difference? Now, gang, gird up the loins of your theological minds. Uh, what is it that has made the difference? Notice in verse 17. Faith, which is the right response to the preaching of the gospel. Faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. Here's the first thing that I want you to note. All hearing of the gospel does not lead to faith. Just because this thing is proclaimed universally, not everyone who hears it responds in the right way. And what's the right way? They respond in faith to it. So you've got this universal call, but he says in verse 16, uh, but they have not all obeyed. Oh, it went to all of Israel, or it went to everybody, but not all believed. Okay, then. Um... If there's so few that believed, what is it that makes the difference? Because all hearing of the gospel does not lead to faith, which is, which is what the gospel is supposed to lead to. It's supposed to lead to faith, but it doesn't always lead to that. It is, it is a message that's offered to all. It's preached to all, but it is not believed by all. Why? Gang, the answer is in verse 17. It has to do with this issue of hearing. Now, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> um, this, this gospel is broadcast to everyone, or at least that's the intent of the Lord Jesus when he ascends to heaven, that it be broadcast to everyone, but not everybody responds by faith. Why is that? has to do with hearing because not all hearing is a hearing that leads to the right place which is faith 
<clears throat> now, gang, here we go. Let's you know, buckle up. Um, in the verse, in verse 17, hearing is used twice. You'll notice that. So faith comes from hearing and hearing. It's the same Greek word. Um, I want you to put your finger there. <laughs> oh, some of you are going to be so upset and um, have consternation of soul through the night. Go to Isaiah chapter 6 if you can, real quick. We're going to flip around a little bit, so uh, lick your fingers, dear ones. You got them licked. Isaiah chapter 6. I want to read you two verses out of there. <clears throat> now, God says to his prophet Isaiah in verse 9. He says to him, now, Isaiah, here's what, I've, here's what I want you to do, big boy. Go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Isaiah, make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Now, gang, there's a lot in that little couple of verses. That Those two verses are picked up and brought into the New Testament in a couple of places. Matthew chapter 10, Mark chapter 4. I want you to see them in Mark chapter 4. So if you can flip over there real quick. Those two verses that I just read out of Isaiah 6 are found in Mark 4. They're found in Jesus' telling of the parable of the four soils. You remember that? The sower goes out to sow, he scatters his seed, four different places, and yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> All right, guys. Here's the point. People hear, but they don't hear. They hear, H-E-A-R, but they don't hear, H-E-A-R. Um, hearing does not necessarily lead to faith. Not all hearing is the same. Now, guys, uh, this, some of this is going to work out, I, uh, I, I hope. But, folks, the problem is not that people have not heard the gospel. They have heard it. Uh, and many people understand the claims of the gospel on, on one's life. The problem is not that they have not heard it. The problem is that men love sin rather than God. They, they, they don't want the gospel because they are aware that if they respond rightly to this gospel, that they're going to have to turn from some beloved sin. Now, gang, go back with me to this Mark 4. I hope that's where you still are. This is where some of your theological apple carts are about to be overturned. I don't particularly enjoy doing this, but <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it, um, gang. And I don't want to speak, I, 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 I've done that before and it's ugly of me and I'm sorry and I shouldn't do it, but tell me this. In your Sunday school training as a child, 
What were you taught was the purpose of parables? What did they teach you, the boys and girls? And, and, and please don't hear me. I'm not trying to speak in, in all derisively. What were you taught about the purpose of parables? Somebody, you've all heard it. Thank you, Brian. That's exactly what you were taught. See? Don't you remember that? Parables are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The, The implication is that the goal of parables is to make these truths so simple. To tell an earthly story as a parable with a heavenly meaning. Ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly opposite of the purpose of a parable. Look at it with me. Um, verse 10. Mark chapter 4, verse 10. By the way, he's just told the, the, um, the parable of the sower. It's right in verses 1 through 9. Uh, look with me. And when he was alone, that is, Jesus is alone, those around him with the twelve... Now, he's gone from the crowd, he's gone into a smaller space, maybe into a home. He's with the twelve and a few others that are around them. And they asked him about parables. Well, Jesus, what are you doing with these parables? And he says, boys and girls, they're just a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. He doesn't say that, ladies and gentlemen. Look at what he says. And he said to them, to you, that is, to you here in the room, the twelve and the, you know, they're your, your buddies here, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. Why? Now, gang, I'm fixing, I'm just trying to impress you with my great learnedness. The next verse is what they call a hina clause. In the Greek, they have this little, um, they have this little thing. Uh, it's a I-N-A, um, and it's a little rough read. It's a, it's a, that's, that's an N in, in Greek. It's a hina clause. And it's translated so that. A hina clause is nothing more than a purpose clause. It states purpose. Jesus, tell us about those parables. Okay, fellas, here's, you know, to you, you've been given the secrets of the kingdom. But everybody else outside, they get parables. Why? Okay, so that. Look at it, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't write these next verses. They get parables so that... They may indeed see, but not perceive. That they may hear, but not understand. Lest they should turn and be forgiven. Now gang, get a hold of that that theological apple card of yours because here it goes. The purpose of parables is not to make truth simple. The purpose of parables is to hide the truth. Now, 
Now, why would he ever want to do that? <laughs> well, I mean, I got an answer to that. I don't know that you want to hear it. But, but guys, I'm simply saying that's what he says about parables. You guys have been given um, the, the secret of the kingdom, but everybody else is going to get parables so that they can, so that they can hear But not here. You know, there's a there's a mechanical hearing, and then there's this <clears throat> this inner hearing. And um, Christ is not going to he's going to give them parables not to make it easy, but for the exact opposite reason. And by the way, just as a you might want to keep your finger there, but if you can find Luke eight real 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 quick. This is this is just an application. This is just kind of a tangent for a second. Just an application for for well-intentioned believers like yourself. Luke chapter eight verses seventeen and eighteen. Let me read that to you. Rick. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made not be known and come to light. So all those bad things that you say about me on Sunday afternoon in your you know at the restaurant. Uh, it's all going to be made known. Just want you to know that. But uh, but here here is the here's the admonition, verse eighteen. Take care then how you hear, guys. There is a mechanical hearing, and then a hearing that results in faith. In fact, you, you don't need to turn here. Let me just... Um, Paul in the book of Galatians talks about... Um, he, uh, here, yeah, this is Galatians chapter 3. I'll just read this. He says, um, uh, let me ask you th- this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith? Gang, there is a mechanical hearing. There is a, there is a sermon-tasting hearing. And then there is a hearing of faith. Have you ever wondered why the scriptures talk about... The same thing is true of seeing. There's a seeing, a mechanical one, and then there's a seeing of faith. Have you ever wondered why the New Testament said, uh, he who has eyes to see, let them see? Or ears to hear, let them hear? Do you ever wonder why that was stated? Because there's a mechanical hearing that can be called hearing, but it's not hearing. It's not the hearing of faith, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a mechanical, it makes it to the anvil and the hammer and the stirrup. But it doesn't go beyond that. Gang, the issue is not how many sermons you have heard. The issue is, has your hearing of the gospel produced faith? Okay, one further step. How is that faith produced? All right, at this point, guys, you need to go see this. And this is how, let me just say this before, it's in Acts chapter 16. How does the hearing of the gospel become an effectual, how does this this universal call become an effectual call? How does this... Inner outer hearing become an inner hearing and become the hearing of faith. 
How does that happen? I want you to know something, ladies and gentlemen. What we're about to read has happened to every one of you if you are a a child of God this morning or this evening. I get my days and nights mixed up when my wife is not here. (laughs) Dog. Um, This has happened to you. What we're about to read has happened to you. It's in Acts chapter 16. I love this. Verses 13 and 14. Uh, by the way, <clears throat> yeah, 13 is fine. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside to the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. That's happened to you. If you're a son and daughter of the living God tonight, the Lord has opened your heart to that message of glory to be found in Christ Jesus. And and then you're hearing became more than hearing. It became faith. Why do you believe it? And so many others do not. Because the Lord opened our hardened hearts and made us responsive to the glories of this gospel message. That's why. Guys, that's what's happened to us. How did you get from here to here? Because God in His great grace opened your understanding to embrace this thing that says Jesus died for your sin. Um, Let me show you one other text. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Listen to this, guys. This 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 is... 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him. And he is not able to understand them. Gang, a man left in his unregenerate state, I can preach the gospel till I'm green in the face. But And they can listen respectfully, but there will not be A hearing of faith until... Keep reading the text, verse 14. But they are spiritually appraised. Gang, do you understand what's being said there? The things of the Spirit of God. The things about Christ. The things about redemption. The things about the glories and beauties of salvation. They are folly to the natural man. And the the reason... The only way that any of us ever came to understand them is because the Spirit of God gave us ears to hear and eyes to see. You have moved from simply a hearing to a hearing of faith because the Lord opened your heart and you embraced this thing in a way that that is folly, 
to those whose heart he hasn't opened. The message of this preached gospel is applied to the hearts of people, to their hearts and the minds of people by the power of the Holy Spirit, guys. And apart from that, we just listen to sermons. Um, The purpose of parables is so that men can hear, but they don't get it. But to you, oh, you were given the secrets of the kingdom. And your eyes were opened in a way that only is done by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we are drawn to the sweetness and the beauty of this message. You know, the Apostle Paul is so exemplary in so many ways, but I told you that he groaned over the fact that so many didn't believe. And even Isaiah groans. He says, Lord, who has believed our report? Why have so few believed our report? Why why does the gospel get broadcast everywhere and so few embrace it? Why is that? I mean, Isaiah is moved. But guys... um, The answer is that the only hearing that leads to faith is a hearing that God grants in His sovereign kindness. Um, And you know, it's it's it should be sad for every preacher that there's that there's so few that that embrace the beauties of this thing. Um, I want to read you a story as we close. Um, I was going to try to tell this story, but I I didn't think you'd believe me. So I thought if I read it, at least you would know that I got it out of a book and that somebody published it and, you know, it got made through some editor. But um, if you have come from dispensational backgrounds, you know the name Harry Ironside. Harry Ironside was, uh, he was at Moody, Moody Bible Church, I think, in Chicago. He's dead now, but he's a, a great brother. Um, and he's he's been in print probably 75 times. I mean, he's probably written, I mean, Harry Ironside is just a name, but but anyway... <clears throat> Harry Iron, Ironside tells this story, and I want to read it to you. And um, I, I was moved by it. I'm not sure you will be, but hopefully you will. He says there was a young English woman who had brought up who were who had been brought up in a Christian home, and had often been pressed to come to Christ, but she chose the way of the world instead, in spite of the pain it, it caused her father and mother. She chose to run with a wild crowd and repeatedly rejected the appeals made to her. One day she was taken with a serious illness. The doctor did all he was able to do in those days. It did not help. And she was expected to die in a short time. One night this woman awoke out of a fitful sleep with a frightened expression in her eyes and she asked excitedly, Mother, what is Ezekiel 7, 8, and 9? What do you mean, my dear, her mother asked. The young woman answered that she had a dream in which someone seemed to be telling her to read Ezekiel 7, 8, and 9. Her mother did not know what those verses were, but she reached for a Bible and began to read them. Here they are. I am about to pour out my wrath on you and spend my anger against you. I will judge you according to your conduct and and, and repay you for all your detestable practices. 
I will not look on you with the pity or spare you. I will repay you in accordance with your conduct and the detestable practices among you. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who strikes the blow. The poor girl sank back into her pillow with a look of horror in her face, and a few hours later she passed into eternity. That that, that just sends a chill up my spine. (laughs) Um, It ought to be sad that that kind of thing, that, that unbelief is so, is such a majority position. But um, though there, there, there are so few that embrace the beauty of this thing, it may not be many, but there are some. And those who embrace it are because God in his kindness has seen fit to give the same thing to them that she gave to the seller of purple in Tharatara. He gave her and me and you ears to hear. How people respond to the proclamation of this message is not our, is not our um, concern or shouldn't be our concern, except for that. The, I mean, I, maybe I should say it this way. The results of our proclamation is not our concern. It is grievous to watch so many men I mean, I think I'm particularly impressed by this at this juncture um, because I just got out of that movie, or last Saturday I went to see that movie um, uh, Expelled and I was, someone, uh, somebody else had seen it and, and I, I was, I mean, to watch the, the anger, the anger that is hurled at the proclamation or those who embrace the gospel, it's, it, it's very disconcerting to me. Uh, it's not simply that there is a, a disagreement, there is a, a mean, an, an angry spirited denouncement. That, that should grieve us all. But ladies and gentlemen, the explanation of that is the reason that you've embraced it is because God opened your ears to hear it and to love it and to yield to it and to embrace it. That is worth That is worth a life of devotion and a and a and a celebration on the part of the people of God. On, on, on our parts, we are a people who love this message because God granted us eyes to see and ears to hear. And that's why there is a universal proclamation and an effectual call. Hope that makes sense. Our Father, I do pray that you will um, once again. Remind us of the, um, of the truth of your word, what it says, what it teaches, how it should um, impact us, how it should call to the deep of our souls for greater consecration and greater commitment to a God who has seen fit to pluck us as brands from the fire and draw us to himself. What a kindness, O oh God. Would you use us, would you see fit to use us to do that for so many others? We would, um, we would count it a, a prized privilege to be a part of watching you build the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We uh, make our prayer tonight, of course.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks and good night.